Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We've got a uh, very special guest, uh, my soon-to-be brother, <laughs> Matt Landsberg. So uh, welcome, Matt. Good to have you on, man. Thanks, thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, you're uh, engaged to my uh, young younger sister closest to me, and um, Matt is an entrepreneur and a franchise owner, a franchisee, I guess you could say, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah. A successful business in, uh, in New York, and uh, in the midst of all this coronavirus shit, we're going to be talking about how to position yourself if you're an entrepreneur, how to position yourself if you're not, uh, to deal with just the crazy times ahead. And uh, we'll also have some of the guys from the leverage group probably chiming on and give, weighing in on their two cents. So right. Matt, uh, give good. us kind of a background on your story. You know, um, where'd you go to school? How'd you get into business? And how are things yeah. going, I guess, up until the recent events? Yeah, so uh, so I went to University of Connecticut um, up in stores, uh, and you know I always had an interest in business. My my father uh, ran a, his own company for a while, um, and which his dad started. My grandfather um, he sold it when I was in high school um, to a larger company. He he was in the wall covering business, and you know growing up I always thought that that's kind of what I was going to do. I was going to go into that business. And, uh, you know, when he sold it, I obviously had to adjust my, uh, you know, my plans. And, uh, you know, my dad, when he sold the company, he always told me that he would help me out. And, uh, you know, we would go into business together because, you know, that was always my plan. And he was very helpful in that way. And he, you know, continues to be, obviously. And um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, when I graduated, we started looking at various business ideas. And, uh, you know, we first started at... uh, looking for, you know, businesses for sale, try and buy existing businesses. Um, and, you know, that was always a, a tough route to go. Um, cause especially cause I didn't really know what field I wanted to go into. So franchising just seemed like a natural fit to me. Uh, I didn't want to just go and get a job. I wanted to, you know, do my own thing and have, uh, you know, have my own business where I can travel if I want to, I can, you know, do whatever, which, for the first few years was not the case at all because it, it was a lot harder work than any other thing you can go into, you know, having to be there, especially in a retail business, um, which I'm in. Um, so let's go into that. Uh, so I, I started uh, looking at franchises and uh, we started with food franchises and uh, we almost opened a, a burger restaurant called BurgerFi, which some of those in the States might know of. Uh, they make really good burgers. It's awesome. But uh, we almost did that, but my, uh, my mom has a background as a nutritionist and she was very uh, anti-burger, <laughs> so, so to speak. Uh, so, <laughs> so that- Burgers idea, aren't healthy? No, the they're not. Who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Weird. Burgers and fries. She just had something, you know what? It was something about it. She just didn't want us selling burgers. Uh, what, what can you Fair do? Enough. <laughs> uh, so we started looking at other retail businesses and uh, we found this opportunity uh, with a franchisor called Winmark, which uh, does their resale franchises. Um, 
they have five different brands. Um, we initially looked at doing uh, one of their brands, which is called Played Against Sports, where they buy and sell generally used uh, sporting goods. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge uh, Play It Again uh, oh, yeah. customer, you know, because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big sports guy, and Play It Again Sports always has really good hockey gear. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's how I that's how I was familiar with too because I play hockey also, and mm-hmm. uh, so I was always into sports and stuff and sporting goods, and so that was the, you know, one of the first things I was looking at was sporting goods things or something sports related, um, yeah. you know, and that stood out because that was a store that I had been to and that's, you know, been around uh, for a while, and you know when we started discussing with uh, Winmark, which is the franchisor, uh, you know, about play against sports, they mentioned that. Uh, this other company, Plato's Closet, which is another store that they do, which buys and sells gently used clothing for teens and young adults, like mall brands and stuff like that. And they mentioned that that was probably a better opportunity right now, um, you know, with just the way the way the retail environment was shaping up to be. Uh, you know, resale is starting to get big, and it's just been, you know, really growing since then. Uh, you know, as people are going away from the malls and you see these certain mall brands going out of business and closing and you know now when you go to a mall you go past like Hollister and it's you know 50% off all jeans always pretty much so you know people are looking for value and you know especially teenagers and teen girls are always changing their style and you know they can't be seen wearing the same thing multiple times uh (laughs) you know and guys guys do that too obviously but um so it, it just you know when when the opportunity came to us it just seemed like a much better choice and it was a need in, in long island uh there's nothing like this that existed uh so we were well, it's a great one. business like just the you know it it's a great business because obviously there's a huge amount of misinformation for both your supply chain, which is also your customers, you know, they're basically just trying to dump old clothes and they're kind of happy to get anything for it. You know, like if I'm getting rid of of old clothes or old sporting equipment, like there's nowhere I can take it besides like play it again. I'm not going to waste my time trying to sell it on eBay, you know, like who wants old shit. But then if I'm buying used stuff or like, you know, even if it's not called used, I'm sure it's, it's the, you know, pre-owned or whatever you want to call it. When you buy it from a used, yeah, when you buy it from a store, right, it, it, it's still like when I buy shit from Buffalo Exchange, which is a similar sort of, um, you know, buy stuff and resell it place I used to go to in, in Pacific Beach. They've got a huge, uh, I think, franchise system too. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously you just feel more comfortable buying what well, you can just go there, right? It's, it's a lot different than buying something off the internet or on eBay You can go and you can try it on, you know, and you feel like you're getting a deal, but at the same time, you guys are getting a way better deal by buying that stuff from people for, I mean, I don't know what you buy it for obviously, but there's, there's gotta be a pretty nice margin there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our typical margin is about like, you know, 65%, which is damn you know, yeah, which is pretty great. I mean, and that's like, uh, you know, we, we have to do clearance sales, you know, all the time. And, and that, you know, brings down the margin. But our initial markup is usually around 67%. And then, you know, as, uh, you know, we give discounts for various things or we have sales and clearance sales and stuff like that. You know, our margin at the end of the day ends up being around 53%. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we aim for like 64%. 
that that's like the ideal. Um, but typically it ends up around 62, 63, something like that. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, it's a business that is great because you're not just selling things, you're actually giving people cash. So right. anytime you have, you have a business where people can come in and not spend money rather, you know, rather than spend money, they can leave with more cash than they came in with, you know, that's something that people are going to go for generally. Uh, people are going to like that. Um, yeah. And also, it's and fun I mean, too. You know, it's fun to go in there and figure out, like, I used to love, um, you know, Roger Dunn's golf stores. They would allow you to bring in old clubs and trade them in and get credit for new stuff. And they were the only shop, the golf store at the time, like this is back maybe like 20 years ago that did that. And I would just only go there because, you know, who wants your old shit when you're going to upgrade? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I, I think that's, uh, going to continue to be a really good opportunity, especially now with, uh, you know, this economic downturn that's coming from this whole, uh, you know, virus thing, people are going to, you know, need money basically and want to sell. And that's, that's the one thing that I'm, uh, you know, concerned about with when we reopen that, you know, all of a sudden it's just going to be all people coming to sell because they're all stuck in their homes for, you know, months at a time. And all they got right. to do is go through their closets and then all of a sudden, we're going to open up our doors and, you know, there's going to be a line around the corner, people waiting to, waiting to take their money. <laughs> it's like a bank, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, everybody. How does that work? Like, you don't have to buy stuff, do you? Or No, no. I mean, okay. we, we accept, we accept, like, you know, people bring in whatever they have and, you know, we go through it. We only buy the things that we know will sell for us and we'll only buy things that are clean and in very good condition and current styles. So, you know, usually if somebody brings in a big garbage bag full of stuff, maybe we'll end up buying five items and giving them like 20 bucks or something, or right. sometimes less, sometimes more, you know, some people you have give a, stuff. You give a bit more if they use it for merchandise too, right? Is there a difference? Um, no, we don't, we don't actually. Buffalo Exchange does it. So that's yeah. probably what you're thinking of. Yeah, they give you like a percentage discount if you trade uh, for us. Oh, hi. hi. Hey, Diff. <laughs> what's up or not yeah you can't hear me oh because this is a show yeah i'm on the headphones that's my sister everybody first time Hi. on the podcast yep there she is <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> all right yeah. at home bullshit workout yep nice she's, uh, <laughs> she's stuck working from home like everybody else out here <laughs> you're working out yeah all right good at least she's working. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are yeah, out of jobs. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen with uh, with her job, her, uh, you know, business coming up. Yeah. They, have like a, they have a conference call scheduled on Monday to go over everything. But, yeah. So. Well, uh, liquor distribution is hopefully yeah. going yep. gonna to stay afloat. People need to oh, drink. People need to drink, yeah. The problem is the events, you know, that's what she, what she does, does events for uh, liquor business, all these music festivals and, you know, yeah. everything's getting canceled. All the stuff that they would usually be at um, is done, which they still made her go to Denver this last weekend. So, which I was not very thrilled about, but she made it back. No coronavirus here. Oh, wow. Fingers I wish she would have, um, I wish she would have picked up my car in Denver and drove it back. Anyways. <laughs> And drove it back to New York. Yeah, I've got the uh, a Turo uh, rental car sitting out there, really? and it's, the 
sitting there. And now that no one's renting it, I'm paying these people to manage it, to park it in their lot. And I'd rather, I'd rather you guys have it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I'm sure Turo is probably going to get hit by this. I don't know what their policy is with this. Um, so uh, well, yeah, what happened with your business? Yeah. I, I well, well, before it, you go yeah. into that, t- <laughs> tell, um, before, before you go into that, um, well, I, I just want, I think everyone probably has a pretty good idea of how the business works. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, what was it like to start it and to, you know, to build it up? Cause you opened a new franchise. Um, yep. what's, what's that process like? You, you have to pay a, a franchise fee, right? Yeah. And then yeah. So, uh, walk us so, through that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you obviously you pay a franchise fee, um, you know, with that you get, uh, you know, all their support, basically training. They kind of, uh, you know, this is a, this is a large franchisor. They have like 2000 stores across, across all their brands. Um, so they're, you know, not every franchise is going to work the same. Some, a lot of franchises are smaller where, uh, you know, they don't have the same resources or the same, like, you know, years of experience in the same business that Winmark does. Um, and, you know, I have a friend that also has franchise has a franchise business, which we can talk about later, but uh, we'll talk about myself first. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a large franchisor. So they really have, have a wealth of resources and their offices are in Minneapolis. So when you started off, uh, you know, you go out there, there's two weeks of training. You do week one training, which is to try and, you know, they basically train you how to set up a business, even if you have no idea what you're doing. Like, you know, if you, you're coming from working a retail job, you have no business experience at all. They basically kind of walk you through everything, you know, from business. What's the, uh, what's the fee? Uh, the initial franchise fee, um, I forget actually off the top of my head what it was. Um, it changed over time. I believe it was like, uh, uh, I think like $25,000, something like that, or maybe more. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to give a number really on that. Because yeah. Some, really some, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and then, uh, you know, so they train off, you, they train you, they train you everything that you have to do. To, if you need to take out loans or whatever, we financed it ourselves. So we didn't take out any loans to start it up. Um, and to open up the store costs about $350,000 around, you know, it, it'll be anywhere between like 250 and 400. Uh, you know, depending on where you're located, what kind of, you know, what size store you get. Um, you know, so you pay, stores, you pay a nominal fee compared to the upfront cost of actually, you know, getting the location. Yeah. yeah the, stock yeah, some friend, of it, I'm guessing, with merchandise, inventory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that, that's where our business is different getting started. You You start out with no inventory. You can't just like, you know, go to a manufacturer and place an order and say, look, we need this many pairs of jeans, we need this many shirts, whatever, you know, yeah. you have to, we have, so with uh, Winmark, what they do is uh, you have to open up for a long time only buying and not selling anything. So that's where a lot of your, Oh, that's interesting. Are. So yeah, You're basically so first, buying. <laughs> you, very, yeah. Very funny. So, yeah. So you basically can't sell anything for the first, hmm. you know, however long it takes to get to a certain inventory level for us, it was actually pretty quick because we, we were so busy right from the start. Um, mm-hmm. I think it took us about five weeks before we could do our grand opening. Um, 
And so, you know, people are coming in and selling stuff and you're not, you're not uh, taking in any income for a while. So that's a little bit weird. And uh, yeah, it's always a little like unsettling. You don't know whether you're going to sell it or not. And then you kind of open up and you see what happens. Um, it, it took us a while to kind of get, get going in this market because it's a new market. It was a new market for the brand. So it has no name recognition here at all. Um, you know, a lot of people across the country know Plato's Closet. They've grown up with it. It's been around for a long time. Um, here, that didn't exist. Um, so it took us a little while. And, you know, since we opened, we've, every single year we've grown. Um, and, you know, every single year we've set, our, we've set a record basically for sales. And this year we were on pace to, to do even better. Uh, at, at the point where we shut down, our business was up about uh, like, I think it was up to like 18% year to date. Uh, our February, we did about 45% more sales than we did last year in February. Um, it, was a leap, it was a leap year, so that includes an extra day, but that an extra day doesn't mean anything. In this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, last year in February, we did 70,000 in sales. This year we did 100,000. So it was, uh, you know, it was on pace to be a great year. And then uh, this obviously hit. Uh, I closed my store uh, on Monday at one o'clock. We, we were going to open for the rest of the day. And I got, I went in there and we were completely dead. So I just said, just shut it down. Um, do the responsible thing and, you know, keep people at home because the people in our demographic are the young people that are going to want to push through this whole thing and say, you know, screw social distancing. <laughs> I'm going to go and shop and do this and do whatever. So, you know, I feel like uh, it's the right thing for me to do my part and, uh, and kind of put, put aside business needs for now and try and make sure we can get through this as quick as possible. Um, what, what's so. your, um, so how many employees do you have and what's the monthly kind of burn rate if you're totally shut down? So uh, I have 15 employees currently. Um, you know, they're all, I have one full-time, which is my manager. Um, the rest of them are all part-time. And, you know, the good thing with them is they're mostly like, you know, young students, high school kids, stuff like that. They don't have mm -hmm. kids that they're supporting. They don't have families. So like, you know, I don't feel as guilty about not paying them because they're hourly workers. And I honestly, I just can't afford to keep paying them during it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, besides that. So cost, they're hour, so that because they're hourly, they're basically not getting anything. Or they have benefits. Yeah. No, they don't have benefits. No. Uh -huh. um, and my manager doesn't either. So I'm not, I don't, I don't give up. I don't have any, uh, anybody that has benefits. Um, so know, that's easy. That's a zero. It's a zero yeah. for employees. Okay. Cause that's a for huge employees. issue yeah, for, me. for a lot of businesses. Issue. I mean, yeah. And that's, yeah. yeah and that's going to be a, that's going to be a problem for anybody that has a lot of full-time employees. And that's mm -hmm. why in this situation, like the entrepreneur and the small business owners are really getting screwed over, uh, you know, because they're going to pass legislation to really help with employees and with all those paid sick leave and stuff. And big corporations generally, you know, they can take hits like that. Um, and so if you're somebody that works for a large company and you're in this situation, you know, you can, you can feel better about the prospects going forward than if you're somebody that owns a small business where the uncertainty is really uh, a tough thing to kind of deal with and process. Um, so those that aren't in business right now and don't own their own business, 
Um, you know, I think that's where a lot of opportunity is going to come from this. Um, and for those that do own small businesses, we just got to kind of do what we can to stay afloat. You know, I, I kind of have cut all of my costs as much as possible. You know, I'm not going to be paying my employees. Um, I'm going to try and put off my rent here and there, but you know, I'm going to have to pay the rent eventually, I think. And that's another, another thing, by the way, that's going to get impacted is, uh, you know, landlords are going to get hurt a lot by it because, uh, you know, in the U S now they're putting off all, uh, um, foreclosures and they're stopping evictions. So, uh, really? I have friends that are, yeah. So I have friends that are landlords and they are stopping all evictions. So you can't evict anybody for not so, paying. Wow. For not paying. Yeah. I have to figure out what's going on with that in Ukraine because, um, you know, as, as you know, and most of the people listening, I have a pretty significant side business of, uh, vacation rental properties. And, you know, I've got 10 units here in Kiev that all had, you know, thousands of dollars of bookings in March and uh all of those bookings were canceled <laughs> as soon as airbnb posted like you anyone can cancel their bookings um everyone canceled yeah. and you know that turned from like uh maybe a $15,000 profit to like a $7,000 loss yeah so like a $20,000 swing overnight yeah and that's, <laughs> that's crazy yeah but if I didn't yeah, have to pay my rent, right? You know, like yeah. if I didn't have to pay the landlord for rent, obviously that would stop the bleeding. But, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know, and I don't know what's going to come of it in the long term. If you know somebody can't pay their rent for three months, and the landlord's sitting here, like, got to pay their mortgage or pay whatever else they got to. Right, pay the landlord's got to pay the mortgage. They got to pay the yeah. electricity, or well, I mean, I have to pay the electricity. But they got to pay the property taxes. Yeah, taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which so, like, is a, another governmental thing, you know, like if the government says, okay, well, you don't have to pay your mortgage and the landlords and say, well, I don't want to pay my fucking taxes. And then bye-bye yeah. government, you know, exactly. Subsidy. Yeah. So like, yeah. so that'll be, so that'll be a, something that I have no idea what's going to happen with. And it'll be really kind of interesting to see what happens. Cause yeah, they did stop all evictions. So now as a landlord, if somebody's not paying their rent, that thing that you could evict somebody that's gone. And with those those laws in New York State anyway they had uh, they'd really uh, made those laws tighter on evictions um, yeah in days and uh, so it's been kind of tough on landlords anyway without this thing uh, just New York State and every uh, every state has their own thing with you know how evictions are processed and everything and uh, well now they're the entire country is pretty much they're not allowing you to evict people and uh, you know I have a cousin that owns buildings in Harlem. Uh, you know, in low-income areas, large buildings with, you know, 200 units. And, you know, he's... There, he's I mean, that's he's, millions he's of dollars. It. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of money. And uh, so so he's definitely concerned about it. And he's, he's also a financial manager as well. So he's got that end too. So um, I mean, that's going to... I didn't realize that. That's going to really, really impact people because there's so many people that have built you know, uh, wealth through real estate. And if you tell tenants that they don't have to pay rent, no one's going to pay rent. No, they're not going to. Yeah. And you know, it's basically, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. 
yeah, you got to hope for like the goodwill of some people that are still getting paid, that they're still going to pay their rent. But, you know, you got to expect if people are being told that there's no recourse, if they don't, then they might not, even if they're still getting paid, even if this thing isn't impacting them. Because this thing isn't impacting everybody. There's some businesses that are. It's a business you know, decision to not pay. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't pay. I mean, it's no. just, yeah. Yeah, and then I don't know what's going to happen in the long term, whether they can recoup that those missed payments or what. Or what kind well, of the bank also can't foreclose, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's some recourse for the land, the landlords. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah, the banks are going to. It just kind of puts the whole economy into a, you know, just a shutdown mode. Pretty which much. Which eventually yeah. puts people into a starvation mode. Yeah. So, exactly. uh, I mean, that's what we're dealing with. Think right about now. the doomsday apocalypse sort of yeah and and that's kind of the thing that i've been trying to focus on you know uh it's just mental health in this kind of situation it's very Mm -hmm. easy to really get sucked into uh like thinking about all the possibilities and what's going on and reading the news especially if there's you know my outlet is sports like i watch sports all the time i'm a huge sports fan there's no sports to watch that's my distraction you know what else can i do i you know i'll watch movies i'll watch tv shows but you know, it's hard to take your mind off of current events, uh, you know, without, without that kind of outlet. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I think, well, let's, uh, is, no, no, sorry, go ahead. No, a lot of what, I, what I think everybody should really, uh, uh, make important is their mental health and making sure that they stay positive through it. Um, even though it's pretty terrible situation. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause, um, I'm, uh, you know, that's always kind of one of the things that I'm researching, trying to educate my clients on, um, just, you know, and, and I follow a lot of people in the mental health industry and, um, I've seen some really good advice on there that I'm going to try to regurgitate and what most people are saying. Um, and I'm also very plugged into like the doomsday prepper people. Um, I kind of got sucked in that world about five or six years ago. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of one of the natural spinoffs of the entrepreneurial travel. Um, like the more you unplug from the U S the more you kind of plug into, um, anarchists and, you know, anyone who's kind of like an anarchist is always a doomsday prepper. And, uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) so you know, any, anyone who's kind of in crypto or, right, they're always like, they're, they're, they're kind of like secretly betting for shit to hit the fan almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've read some interesting books on it. And the first, when, when this first started kind of unraveling, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it's interesting because I'm here in Ukraine and basically there, it's, it's been a non-issue here, um, but I've been following U.S. news and, you know, the U.S. kind of went to zero from zero to a hundred real quick. Right. They're like, once the Italy situation kind of happened, they're like, all right, we're, we're locking down. And Ukraine had two cases, but they followed, they basically are just copying the U S day by day on what to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, we have two cases in all of Ukraine. We're shutting everything down. (laughs) Yeah. We're closing the borders. We're shutting everything down. Um, which is either due to corruption and they're lying about the number of people dying and 
whatever, or they're just taking a really preemptive uh, stance on it, which, you know, I, I, I think that's probably the case. Yeah, um, I think it's a good move, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, you know, it's, so it's the same situation. All businesses are closed. Um, the only thing open, supermarkets, um, uh, you know, uh, sorry, uh, pharmacies and banks, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, no travel in and out, no nothing. So, but there's somehow there's still traffic in the city. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there's still people walking around. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, you know, they're not like finding people to go outside like they are in Italy and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my initial response was, fuck, I better go and prepare for like basically the grid going offline and all of these worst case scenarios, not in like a, oh my God, this is doomsday, everything's, <laughs> cheers, <laughs> everything's going to shit sort of thing. But so basically everyone's going to have their own cognitive bias, right? Either you're like a doomsday, like everything's going to shit or you're a, oh, this is all marketing bullshit or media hype and bullshit and everything's going to be fine in a week, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, wherever you are in that spectrum is where you are, but you don't know, right? Yeah. You really don't know. No one knows. And that bias is either, you know, it's either going to really help you. It's really going to hurt you, but mm-hmm. either way, you're going to have massive anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so I think yeah. the, the key from a mental health perspective is you have to prepare for the worst so you can then remove the anxiety from that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so the first thing yeah. I did was I bought enough food for a month. Um, I made sure <laughs> Christina thought I was crazy because she's the Ukrainian. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a joke. Second time during one week, I mined food for two weeks. Right. Everyone's like buying food and then cooking and then using everything. And like, yeah, <laughs> for one week. But, um, I, I went to a gun store and, and picked up a gun um, just because I, I know what happens when, you know, yeah, when, when, the, when the grid goes offline and people get hungry, people will get angry and they're going to find food. Um, and not because I think that'll happen. I think there's an extremely little chance it'll happen, but I want to be prepared if it does because I can yeah. sleep better at night, right? Um, and in um, that way, like, I can just totally unplug from the news. I don't have to watch it. I don't have to give a fuck what's going on and I can just focus on business, which is making content, which we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, whatever else I can do to kind of pass the time and use it as a, as an advantage to uh, whatever I think will happen in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my take yeah. on it. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, uh... It's something that, yeah, you, you gotta, uh, you gotta be prepared, uh, for all situations. You know, I'm, I'm usually on the end of, uh, the, you know, eternal optimist where I think, you know, everything is going to be fine and everything. Um, and I was saying that up until about two weeks ago and, you know, I was planning on traveling. I'd like to, to LA. We we're supposed to leave on Tuesday. Um, and I was always, you know, planning on doing it and everything. And then, you know, as, 
as the news starts to get worse and worse, and really when the sports league started canceling, that's when it, it got serious for me. Um, but <laughs> right. yeah, but um, so like you know, since then I've really kind of uh, I'm I'm taking this pretty seriously, and uh, you know, preparing. I, I I still haven't I haven't gone and like bought months worth of food. Uh, you know, the good thing here is that we have Uber Eats and DoorDash, and all these companies are still delivering. And, you know, the restaurants are going to stay open because they're going to get hit so hard by this. Um, so they're going to yeah. do everything they can uh, to stay alive. And, uh, you know, so I, I kind of know that we're, we're always going to have that option of ordering in from restaurants. And, you know, I believe in supporting small businesses and these restaurants are going to be hurting. So yeah. I want to, uh, you know, I want to order food from them as much as possible to, you know, kind of, just, just help support them so that they could stay afloat. You know, some restaurants that I love that I, you know, don't want to go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's, I, I don't know what the situation is in Ukraine with that, if they have the same. Same exact thing. But, you know, what you have to consider, and this is maybe me being more on the bias of the doomsday prepper side, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. is all of those restaurants are going to be operating at a pretty significant loss. Yeah. You know, because they don't have the capabilities of, they don't have margins that allow for delivery. Yeah. And exactly. it's only a matter of time before they decide to close their doors. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. you know, the more businesses close their doors and the more desperate people get, right? Like, mm -hmm. hopefully the food supply chain stays afloat, which seems mm -hmm. like it's probably really, you know, benefiting. And it's like as fast as motherfuckers are you know, bombing down to Costco and buying everything. They're restocking yeah. the shelves. Like the oh, yeah. supply chain is, is pretty incredible. How yeah, it really is. <laughs> you know, yeah. but Americans are nuts. Like it's not oh, it's yeah. like <laughs> the joke I've been using. It's like when things are good, Americans buy a lot of shit. So when <laughs> things are bad, they buy more shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, Uh-oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> Let's yeah. buy more shit. <laughs> it's different shit. It's different shit. Yeah. Now there's a, run, there's a run on gym equipment, there's a run on guns, and there's a run on toilet paper. Who would have thought? Gym equipment? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. My Instagram feed is, is filled with just uh, you know, gym I equipment. I can understand Instagram. guns. Because guns I mean, are I, like, but, but gym equipment? Like, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, went to, I went to Dick's Sporting. And they, were, <laughs> they were out of free weights. They had no free weights left. They were... Seriously, I'm not even joking. They they had like very minimal amount of like fitness bands, and you know because people gyms are closed. Every gym is closed down, so you know people are if they're going to be stuck in their house, you know every day people need to work out and they want to you know they want to feel like they're doing something. So you know even if they're not going to use it, they're going to buy it and say, "Look, that's just the most crazy <laughs> consumerist mentality." Because you could you can just use body weight and do push-ups and can. yeah, you, you know. Can. We like can. there's so many workouts you can do and there's so many workout yeah. programs that teach you how to get absolutely jacked with nothing yeah. with I mean, like literally thing, nothing <laughs> yeah i mean the workout equipment that i bought i bought two mats yoga mats and so that we can yeah, you, know, you need that like that and i got a medicine ball too for nifty she wanted a medicine ball so i got her a medicine ball um whatever yeah. that's the, yeah but uh but yeah <laughs> but buying and she, for ordered, your, and she ordered yeah it's ordered funny too so you know, and people are all thinking the same same way. They want to get gym equipment. And I'm seeing it all over my Instagram feed, different friends that are like, you know, installing new treadmills or like they're doing this and that. And, 
you know, people that go to the gym every day, this is going to, this is going to really like, you know, like mess, mess with them basically, because, you know, people have a routine and they go to the gym in the morning, they go to work, they do that. And without that routine, yeah. you know, a lot of people are going to really uh, struggle with it. Um, now I'm not a person that I don't work out every day. Um, so it's not as big of a concern to me, so I don't see that, but it's, um, you know, something that's going to have to kind no, of do to keep our sanity. But yeah, yeah. You, can use, you can use your own body weight. You can do push-ups, sit-ups, stuff like that. And I'm going to start. Well, I think, I think it's just, a, 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 I don't know. I could be thinking about it wrong, but I think it's a really, really bad investment because it's only going to play out in a couple ways, right? Like yeah. either shit's going to reopen soon and life will go back to normal or shit's going to get really fucking bad. And no one gives a fuck about working out when they're in survival yeah. mode. Right. Yep. So investing in gym, home gym equipment is, I yeah. think, one of the dumbest things you could do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. know, like, I think investing you know, I, in, in home protection is important because, yeah. you know, if you're prepared for the worst, then you don't need to have anxiety about it happening. Um, and like the, the stuff that people are buying from the stores is absolutely mind blowing. It's like, mm-hmm. we're going to buy, like, my, my buddy who lives in Minnesota. He went to the store and he's like, I couldn't find any bread. The entire bread aisle was completely decimated. Yeah. Bread is the fastest thing to perish. Like bread yeah, lasts for, for what? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, let's buy all the bread and, and yeah. put all the bread in the pantry and it's all going to go bad. <laughs> yeah. People like, think if they buy a lot of it, it'll be fine. <laughs> right. Let's yeah. buy all the bread. It, it, it's yeah. like... What the fuck? So what, what people should be buying um, for anyone who's interested in that is coconut <laughs> milk. <laughs> yeah, we have a big stash of coconut milk because you don't need to refrigerate it. And it's uh, yeah, and I'm drinking coconut milk. But she's crazy. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I disapprove of the coconut milk purchase as really how much coconut milk do you need when shit hits the fan. But um, if there's, <laughs> there's th- three foods that are vitally important that can keep you alive forever, that will ne- really never go bad. That's canned tuna, uh, saltine crackers, and canola oil. And if you can live on saltine crackers, canola oil, and canned tuna on a desert island, just make sure you bring a can opener that's not electric because the batteries will die. Uh, <laughs> you can live on that shit. You can live on that shit forever. And, um, you know, so if, if you have that, some home protection, you know. What Get uh, tuna, canola <laughs> yeah. oil, and uh, so rice is better than than saltines. It tastes a lot better. Yeah, yeah uh, but if you have yeah. if you have no electricity and you have no way to cook the rice, then saltines are better. Um, yeah, but you know canola oil, tuna, and rice—it's not terrible. Like you're gonna get real sick of it after a month. But yeah. I mean, the, the thing that most people need to kind of embrace is that if you know it. The, the thing that seems crazy but isn't that crazy is if the power grid goes down. If electricity goes down, then everything's fucked. Like yeah. uh, a lot of plumbing doesn't work without electricity. Mm-hmm. So now you're in a situation where you can't wash anything. You can't use the bathroom unless you go outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got the lights off. And yeah. that opens up, that opens yourself up for like, you know, people coming and doing things at night that you don't want them to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now I, now like, I can really see your uh, doomsday prepper side coming out here. 
with the uh, well, electricity. If the power grid down. goes down, then everything goes down, right? And what's going to yeah. stop those power workers? Like, who's in charge of Con Ed out there, right? Like, that yeah. shit stays on, but it doesn't take a whole lot. Like, let's just say, you know, it's March right now in New York. What, mm-hmm. what if Hurricane Sandy comes in and mm-hmm. takes out the power grid? You know, that, that's not a far-fetched scenario. But yeah. if that happens, then people absolutely lose their shit because they're already mm-hmm. freaked out. So, th- mm-hmm. like, when everyone's in panic mode and then something else happens, that's when you have all shit hits the fan. And yeah. it's not that far-fetched for a hurricane to hit New York or, you know, a, a huge, like, freezing rain storm, yeah. you know, like that could easily happen, take out the power and you've got scared people who are now desperate and crazy and psycho buying toilet paper. Yeah. And now they're just, you know, you've got, you've got the walking yeah. dead without the zombies. Or like, I mean, th- there was an earthquake in Salt Lake city the other day. I don't know if you heard about that, but yeah, there was an earthquake. Exactly. Magnitude earthquake. I mean, it's, that's not enough to cause crazy damage, but you know, mother nature doesn't stop for uh, epidemics, you know? Right. It's not, it's not the actual disease. It's not the actual, like the danger isn't so much like, obviously we don't know a whole lot about, you know, COVID-19 to know how deadly it really is. It doesn't seem that bad, but the danger is the people's fear and people going into panic mode and creating chaos. So you're already in a situation with chaos. You add another thing, then you have crazy chaos. And what's more dangerous than a disease is a bunch of angry humans. Mm-hmm. that are out yeah. to get each other and to survive. Exactly. So that's, that's what I think, like that was my initial, once I started closing stuff, I'm like, okay, I need to be prepared for that. Um, so, you know, I've got food, I've got some weapons. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation where I don't have to commute to work or whatever. So I'm good for that, which allows me mm-hmm. to then focus on other shit. But I think most mm-hmm. people... Um, I, I think they could really benefit from just kind of having that awareness. So then they could also not have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're aware of all these possible outcomes and you don't, you know, your anxiety can go down and if you're, you know, if you're prepared for everything. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a lot of really, uh, a lot of ends of this um, spectrum uh, to look at. There's so many, uh, you know, ramifications that are going to come from this, uh, this epidemic that uh remain to be seen and yeah the power grid stuff that that's scary but well you have you have the three you have your three needs which is food shelter water you Mm -hmm. know you can survive for 30 days with Mm -hmm. water and no food and shelter um but if you lose power and you're in a really cold climate or a fucking you know you know, bad weather hits New York City or hits Kiev or hits Moscow, you know, it can get, it was snowing here three days ago. So if you, you lose electricity, you lose shelter. And <laughs> once you lose shelter, yeah. it's real dangerous. And, yeah. and if you lose electricity, you also lose water for the most part. Yeah. So I'm, still, you know, I'm just it, still worried about, I'm, I'm worried about losing golf right now. That's, <laughs> that's the one thing I was thinking about golf is course, like golf. golf. Are they? Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I that's the thing I wish I was in the U.S. the most for is because I'm sure you could like I love yeah. golfing alone and playing yeah. as many holes as possible. I'm sure there's no one out there. You can just keep <laughs> playing. You can get in 72 yeah. a day. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> have the same idea because it's great. It's a great social distancing activity. Um, right. You know, especially if you're not not using a golf cart. You know, you walk. Yeah. Uh, and the local uh, municipal course right by me is still open. Um, I, I read Saturday. the most hilarious. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. But, no, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of golf courses are now starting to close. Uh, my dad's down in Florida and, uh, a bunch of the country clubs are closing down. Um, probably could, because know, it's too expensive to keep the staff on and to, uh, no, it's, it's really not because a lot of them, I think a lot of them tried to stay open and they're keeping their maintenance staff on. Um, but I think, uh, it's, they're starting to see like dangers of it spreading. Like a lot of clubs are like taking the flag stick out. My dad's club, they didn't close, but they decided they're not putting flag sticks in and they got <laughs> yeah, and no race. Too. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. Flag stick. Yeah. 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 So, so look at this, look at this message. It says, uh, well, it's going to be backwards, right? So I'll read it. It says no, we have I, implemented, I oh, we have implemented the below golf specific maintenance practices wiping down with disinfectant to help prevent the spread of germs. Golf carts with particular attention to steering wheels, seat handles, keys, key tags, push-pull rental <laughs> cart handles, range basket handles, on-course flag sticks, ball washers, rental clubs, issue scorecards and pencils by request only, and removed all the rakes from the bunkers. <laughs> yeah. that's what I mean, that's what they're going to have to do. They got to, like, shut down their clubhouses, just have, like, an honor system or something. Like a cash envelope thing, you put it put in your green fee, and you go out and you do. It. You don't have to touch anything. Well, even if they that's close, it. you can just go play. I know that's yeah. Right. That's, yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> Who's gonna be yeah. there to stop you? That's you know. A, that's what I was thinking. If I, uh, you know, if the world you shuts just down, sneak I'm, on. I'm, dri I'm driving out to the Hamptons and playing Shinnecock. <laughs> no. Fuck. <laughs> you know. That's, uh, yeah. That's but, a great idea. But, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna they're gonna have to step up their security. I don't know. They don't want uh, random people just coming out and messing around. But yeah, crazy, crazy shit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I I'll shut up about my doomsday sort of spiel. Let's go back to businesses, not as usual, but business in this time. So, what yeah. is your what do you do over the next month, two, three? What's your prediction on how long this shit's gonna go? And um, you know, they, so you, you still have to pay your rent or is that, can you not um, pay because I'm in negotiations with the landlord. We're, we're trying to come up with something. Um, I'm, I'm thinking I'm just not, I just, I don't want to pay really. Um, I've been discussing with my dad also. Um, and he was, he was saying that we should pay half the rent. And I mean, I don't, I don't even want to pay half the rent. Honestly, I, we can, we can pay it back over time. This applies to businesses too, but it's tough. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. There, there hasn't been, I haven't really seen the guidance relating to businesses that much. Um, you know, I, uh, I haven't really read up on it enough. Um, so, well, they can't of, evict you. No, they can't evict us. Um, oh, wow. So this, okay. So yeah. this commercial and, and residential. I mean, that, uh, don't quote, don't quote me on that because I didn't yeah. read anything about the commercial side of it, but I know they stopped evictions. On this is only in New York. Or is this um, nationwide? Um, I believe it's nationwide. Um, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong there, but um, I believe it's nationwide. I know it's in New York um, for sure. Right. 
um, because I, I have a good friend of mine owns a bunch of rental properties. And, you know, he's going through this. Um, he has a bunch of rental properties in New Jersey as well. And I think they have the same thing, which they stopped evictions. Um, you know, so they're going to, you know, he's going to lose his, those rent, that rental income. So, you know, for me, with as far as our rent is concerned, um, you know, we have enough cash that we could stay afloat for, uh, for a few months and, and be okay. Um, but, you know, after a month, we're going to have to see where, where things are and reassess and just basically reassess almost like every week and, and see what's going on. Um, you know, I initially announced that we're just going to close until the end of May, uh, I mean, the end of March. And, uh, but it's probably going to be longer than that. Now I'm realizing. Um, yeah, what happens if it's three, what, if it's three months? Yeah, I mean, so your, your burn rate is basically just rent? It's, uh, yeah, rent. I mean, our utilities, obviously, I shut off all of the power there. So, like, you know, mm. our utility bills are going to be minimal. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I have a spreadsheet of uh, all my expenses. Um, you know, it's interesting I because I, I, I think the franchise business model is a great model. Um, mm -hmm. It's very similar to a vacation rental income. You know, you're looking at a business that you can start that creates semi-passive income. Um, mm -hmm. People like to call it passive income, but it's never truly passive, right? There's always some management. Um, yeah, but, it, depends on, it depends on the franchise, of course, too. Um, right. Yeah, but yours is very similar to mine. You, you have a manager that kind of handles all the day-to-day, -day, and mm -hmm. that allows you to essentially walk away and only deal with fires to put out. Yeah. Which is... And, and, um, that's, and that's, yeah. The way I, that's the way I... I cho choose to run it and uh sorry yeah. hold on what's going on with my speaker here you hear me oh built-in output christina you're too far away with your ear pods i need the yeah i need can you hear me now yeah i can hear you okay um you were too far away so it fucked up yeah um, yeah, so I mean, that, that's the way I, that's, okay. So, um, oh, so I was saying the, uh, oh, no, go ahead. I lost you. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah, the, uh, you know, when you say passive income, you know, that's kind of the way I've chosen to run it over the last just, just couple of years, but you know, we've been in business since 2014 for the first three years. Uh, I was very, very heavily involved. So it was not, not even remotely passive, especially especially for the first two years. Um, you know, the first year of the store, I was basically there open to close every day, which 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 12 to 6 on Sunday. So, yeah, it's, it's, very, so, it, you it's know, a it, lot of setup. It's so a lot of setup. As, yeah. Yeah, as much, as much as it can be passive income, uh, it's very much not passive to start it. Um, and so that, that's where it's a little bit different with, you know, with the, the vacation rentals and stuff. You know, I think, am I right that you can kind of, you can kind of start it up and, and set, set up your thing and then it becomes passive. It could probably become passive pretty quickly. Uh, whereas this, it's a retail business. So you got to really focus every day and, you know, make sure. I don't, I don't know enough about the vacation rental thing. So you can speak more to that side of it, but. Um, it's, but yeah. it's not terribly different. Um, 
if, I mean, knowing what I know, and I have a course where I teach, um, you know, how to basically start this business and very quickly um, systematize and optimize. So you can remove yourself. But for me, like, I think it's, it's kind of like the same time frame at first. If you, if you know really nothing and there's a learning curve, it's going to take you a couple years minimum to kind of um, understand the business well enough where you can hire a manager to take over for you. Um, um, No, it's, I was basically saying like how long it takes to go from semi-passive to passive income. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you you make the money when you sign the deal, whether you, you know, agree to a long-term lease and then you do the vacation rental arbitrage business where you, rent it out nightly and you know you're paying a, a yearly cost so you're making the spread of money there um, or you buy a place right and you get a good deal on the on the property and your mortgage payment is less than what you're bringing in from you know the nightly rentals yeah. um, but the you can get it to the point where it's basically passive income in the sense if you can hire a city manager to deal with all of the turnovers, all the cleanings, all the maintenance, all the getting people in and out. Um, And also if they're responding to all the messages. So dealing with all the bookings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it takes, probably takes a good six months to a year to understand pricing and dealing with people and doing the bookings to, to feel comfortable handing that over. Kind of like it, probably took you to kind of hand it over to a manager. But in the meantime, in the meantime, like, you know, it's not the worst thing ever, like to just deal with messaging with people back and forth and accepting reservations. You know, like when I get, when I get a notification on my phone saying, you know, Hans from Germany just (laughs) submitted a booking request for $5,000 for, you know, a weekend in May. I'm like, great. Like that's, yeah. It's not, not exactly uh, having to work your ass off there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a, it's a really nice kind of side business to run. Um, yeah. And most of the time it's very safe. You know, everyone needs places to stay. Everyone, you know, there's always tourists coming and people, it's a commodity, right? People need housing. Yeah. <laughs> except when there's a yeah, worldwide definitely. pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> and then your super safe side yeah. income generating machine just decides to go kaput and become yeah. your biggest liability, yeah. um, which yeah. is, you know, which is why, why I'm really glad I'm kind of diversified in, I have a business, you know, this, this coaching business or this, uh, content business, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. where even though, you know, like no matter how bad the economy is or anything's going, like people still, you know, want to yeah. improve their social skills or, you know, yeah. find a girl or get laid or anything in between, you know? So like yeah. until shit gets so bad that like everyone's just, you know, basically yeah. robbing each other, hopefully yeah. you know, the intercommonist business stays afloat. <laughs> and if, if you're, if you're single right now, it's going to be tough to get laid too. It's, uh... <laughs> You know, bar, no bars open. Nobody's leaving their house. Man. Yeah. 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 I need to come out with a, with a coronavirus uh, online dating program. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
video dating of some sort. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, people, people are going to get very lonely from this. I feel like after after a while, you know, all the single people are going to get let out of their homes, and it's going to be just a <laughs> going to be a beehive of activity. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> once sure the bars open, th oh, that yeah. first that first night the bars are open, like everyone needs to go oh. out because it's going to be like Halloween oh. on steroids. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Imagining that is crazy. I mean, that's something to look forward to. That's how we can uh, we can keep our mental uh, mental health intact. Like totally. looking forward, you know. When it opens yeah. up, it'll be pretty crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is one of those situations where it's, uh, it, it's, it's tough being stuck in your house for sure, but, uh, we'll get used to it. It's, it's nice. So, um, yeah. not being on quarantine alone. Yeah. Um, like that's, I hope this will be a wake up call for a lot of people who are too introverted and, and and kind of like too focused on kind of the wrong things to realize that like you know if you're stuck with nothing to do your company matters more than anything yeah and <laughs> and it's, you know you know a lot of people that are just you know that are out there just dating messing around um you know not looking for relationships their their mind might change after this because they're going to be uh <laughs> at home like man i wish i maybe stayed with that girl a little longer and yeah i out. wish i had my like, coronavirus yeah. girlfriend yeah, exactly <laughs> my uh, quarantine like, girl and that, uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens with the dating scene after this uh you know that's another end of the spectrum that you know i'm sure you're gonna you're gonna be answering questions on um that will be interesting to see uh, you know i yeah. know it, and a lot of that depends how long this thing goes you know because two or three months I think it'll just be you know it'll be crazy for a while and then we'll be back to normal pretty quick but if this thing lasts six months a year or something like that then uh we'll see what really happens there yeah but but I think but yeah. um you know I I think a really good kind of I guess final thought or takeaway is right you have the op so you're gonna have your bias of either doomsday or no big deal recognize your bias, prepare for either scenario. Mm -hmm. um, and then really focus on like how you can, how you can profit off this long term. Yeah. Because, and, and, you know, and something that I'm, I'm looking at doing in this, you know, it's going to give us a lot of time to spend. Um, and, you know, not as much things to do. A lot of people have jobs are going to be, you know, not, they're just not going to be very busy. Um, so I think it's a really good opportunity to just kind of maybe learn a new skill, learn a new trade. Um, you know, I've been working on playing drums for a while and uh, that's not, I'm not going to start making money off of that. I know that I'm not good enough for that, but <laughs> you know, it's something I'm going to use this time to practice that and get better, you know, spend an hour or so a day, you know, block out that time for that. Um, but if you were ever interested in starting getting into, you know, vacation rentals, it's a good time to start reading up on it and really, uh, really getting prepared. Uh, especially because real estate prices are probably going to go down a lot. And if you're not currently in one of these businesses that's getting affected, there's probably going to be an opportunity after we get out of this to get into those businesses, I'm sure. Um, because, and it sucks for the people that are already in it, honestly, but for those that aren't, uh, you know, there's going to be opportunities that come up. And I think that's an important thing to, to, to do is spend some of your time 
alone, learning and, you know, reading books, watching videos, whatever it may be, and, you know, figuring out what you can do, uh, you know, once we get out of this and try and monetize it basically, because there's going to be opportunities. And, you know, I'm looking at the stock market as, as an opportunity because it's dropping so much that, um, you know, but that's something where you got to be careful. You got to invest in companies that you know are going to survive no matter what. Because a lot of big companies are going to go out of business from this, probably. Even some yeah. big airlines and stuff. So, you know, that's something that you got to kind of be aware of when you're doing the stock market on um, times like these. But, um, you know, there will be opportunities. And, uh, you know, you'll have the time to really learn so that you can capitalize on it. And uh, I think that's an important thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like the... Um... I don't know. There's a lot of speculation, obviously, but there's a few things that like if prices get really low that I would kind of, kind of re pony up on. Like I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in the crypto markets. Um, yeah, I am too. And you know, if, if I see kind of Bitcoin already dropped down to like 3,500 and I was like, Oh fuck, like <laughs> this yeah. could be bad. But on one hand I was like, Oh, it might be a good time to buy. So it's a good time to buy, honestly. So they're, yeah, they're back. I think it's back up to like fifty-five or something. It rallied today, but it's yeah, it's it's, it's, it's so it's speculative. It's at, at sixty-two hundred yeah. right now. Sixty-two. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of kicking myself for not buying it. You know, a few days ago at three. It'll drop. But it'll drop down again, though. I think because so, that's just the nature of fifteen. Been following it. Yeah. Yeah. It's if up fifteen percent it today. It's, it's yeah. It's just so hard to speculate on these things. The only thing you can really do is prepare yourself for the worst situation. Stay stay out of the the fake news, you know. Stay out of the fucking muck, and focus yeah. on skills skills you can you can build during the time where you have nothing yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Yeah, T take the time when you're home alone and and you know work on yourself basically. And uh, you know that's what I'll try and do. And uh, you know, I'll obviously have to, you know, work on some things with my business and see what's, what's going to happen coming up. And it's, you know, impossible for me to predict it really. So I'm kind of like for now, just sitting on the sidelines and just, you know, trying to see what, what I can do. And uh, the interesting thing is in this franchise, what Winmark has put out um, guidance to tell, to like teach stories about social selling, to start selling stuff on social media and Instagram. And mm. um so they're, they're kind of telling all of their franchisees to look into this. And uh, personally, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to really make sense for this business model. Um, I just don't think it's worth it to have to like, you know, set up a whole shipping department and have to get shipping equipment and stuff like this for to sell like a $6 t-shirt to somebody. It's like, eh, is that worth it? I don't know. It, you know, maybe I could do like $200 in sales a day or something, but you know, is that worth it to pay somebody for that to help out with it? Um, and I just, I don't really see it necessarily. Maybe things will change, but um, that's yeah. what some people in my business are doing. And you know, a lot of businesses are going to have to adapt. It's like a, like a wartime thing. Like, you know, Ford and uh, these auto manufacturers during World War II, they stopped making cars. They started making tanks. And now all these like uh, high-end manufacturers of cologne and like, uh, and perfume are making hand sanitizer now. A lot of distilleries yeah. in America are making hand sanitizer. And so that's that's kind of what's gonna 
my buddy uh my buddy who has uh, access to a supply chain of grocery stores here like a direct access from his buddy he just bought two tons of hand sanitizer that he's going to rebottle and repackage as corona sanitizer oh my god which is <laughs> that's terrible really terrible it's ukraine yeah. um <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So, All you could say, Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine. <laughs> it's the uh, wild, wild west. But uh, well, cool, man. It's been great. Uh, I, I think yeah. this is will be valuable to a lot of people. Uh, yeah. People are probably having the same conversations, and um, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I, I hopefully people will, uh, you know, benefit from our silly wisdom. Yeah. If not go fuck yourself. Go watch something else. <laughs> Hey, if they get one thing positive <laughs> from it, then that's great. If they yeah. don't, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if the only thing you got from this is if you have some time and you have some money and your main business is going well, invest in some real estate, invest in a franchise that you enjoy that you can, you know, and like, mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of really wealthy people that are doing pretty well with that strategy. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah you just can't so. let the fear paralyze you kind of, you got to, Look for the opportunity where you can find it. And that's it. But thanks for having me. It was fun. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Take it easy. Good luck over there. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.